This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening in today on GreenLivingIdeas.com's Green Talk Radio. As always, this is Sean Daly, Editor-in-Chief, and today I am happy to have with me Paolo Mario Bonetti, who is the president of Organic Vintners. Paolo, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, great. Well, you know, this is a great departure for us. We haven't done anything in in, uh, food and and wine, so I've been definitely looking forward to this interview. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, and the company? I know you're the president, so have you been? Were you the founding president of the company? No, I did not found the company. The company was founded by uh, Barney Feinblum. <clears throat> if you uh, Google him, you'll find out that he was president of Horizon Organic Dairy, <clears throat> as well as uh, Celestial Seasonings in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Ah, uh, quite a well-known gentleman. Yeah. In the uh, natural foods industry, uh, I came on board about three years ago and became president uh, just four or five months ago, trying to uh, take some new young energy into the company for the uh, near future. Well, very cool. So, so tell us about the issues now. You know, I happen to be in wine country, and that doesn't. It's funny because people think you live in wine country, and you're automatically a wine expert. I'm, I'm a, I'm a rank wine amateur, <laughs> but I, I, I know even less about. Uh, but I want to learn a lot more about organic wine, uh, and I know there's, you know, there's issues. I mean, I know that you know everybody says, oh, you know, sulfite's bad, but I know that sulfites are an important part of, as with most preservatives, right. part of that process. So, can you tell us about how you circumvent that and what the issues are? Sure. In the, Production. Well, first of all, as in any organic food, uh, organic means that <clears throat> it doesn't have it, the food is not grown with fertilizers, fungicides, herbicides, or pesticides that are chemically produced. Uh, so you can use uh, certain homeopathic medicines and other organic remedies that are allowable according to the USDA National Organic Program. Um, <clears throat> so that said, there are actually two categories in organic wine which make for some confusion. Organic wine with the USDA green logo means it's no sulfite-added wine. Okay. So um, that's one category. And then there's also wine made with organic grapes. And what my company does is we distribute, import and distribute wine made with organic grapes. The slight difference is the wines that we carry, at least for now, all have added sulfites. And, you know, we strongly believe that sulfur dioxide has been part of winemaking for three to four hundred years, and that in order to have good shelf life, uh, retain color and freshness, and not oxidize after opening within a day, then sulfur dioxide is necessary. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, I was wondering how the technology had advanced in, in the industry and what the what the current sort of status quo or, or current thoughts were on sulfur dioxide. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't personally know a lot about you know negative health benefits or sorry negative health negative health effects of sulfur dioxide, but I know I've seen it in the past. And but the, I do know that it makes an enormous difference having talking to, talked to some of my winemaker friends about it. 
uh, that it, it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to have a wine with any kind of a decent shelf life. Uh, you know, or, 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 and then there's other like taste qualities and things too, that people have, I guess, come to expect from the presence of that of in course. the wine as well. Right. I would agree. And there are documented cases of people who have adverse reactions to <clears throat> sulfur dioxide, such as, uh, Asthmatic people might have an adverse reaction. I'm not sure calling it an allergy is quite the appropriate term. I think people might be allergic to the tannins or the anti or the histamines in red wine, mm-hmm. not necessarily the sulfites. And frankly, if you eat an imported, non-organic, dried apricot, it probably contains more sulfur dioxide on it than an entire bottle of wine. Really, and that was the, my next question: was quantities like what kind of quantities are we talking about? Uh, on an average bottle of wine. Not, right. You know. Well, the quantities <clears throat> are like this. Conventional wines in the U.S. are allowed to have up to 350 parts per million of sulfur dioxide okay. in the finished product. It doesn't matter whether it's natural occurring or added during fermentation or added at any time during the winemaking process. Wines made with organic grapes may contain up to 100 parts per million, so it's you know more than a third less than conventional wines. Now, 100, 100 per million doesn't sound like a whole lot. I mean, do you, do you know, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. If you don't know, just say no. But right. do you know what, what's considered harmful to the human body in terms of parts per million uh, over time? To be over... honest with you, I don't know that answer. But 100 parts per million, if you divide it into um, per 100, you end up with 0.001. Okay. Yeah, so, that makes sense. So technically, the wines that or wines made with organic grapes have 99.99% organic grape juice mm-hmm. and then 0.01% sulfur dioxide. Okay. So it's, it's extremely small, and it would be interesting to find out what you know, quantities throughout you know, an extended period of time would be harmful. Yeah, and I'm sure there's I'm sure there's information out there. I was just curious. I don't mean to put you on the spot or That's expect okay. you to be a chemist. So I'll, I'll let you take off your chemist hat now. Um, <laughs> back onto the winemaking side, can you tell us about uh, some of the different varietals that you guys are producing? And uh, just right, well, we're actually not technically we're not producing. Um, we well, we do produce actually some wines in California um, as organic vintners brand wines, but mostly what we do is we import. And we represent wineries from around the world. I see. We carry over 60 wines from 11 countries. <clears throat> and varietals, we try to go with varietals that would represent a specific region of a country or a country in general and try to go with the grapes that are most representative of that region. So from Chile, we've got um, Cabernet, Carmenere type of blends uh, and varietals. From Argentina, we would carry a white varietal called Tarantes. Uh, if you want to get wines from Bordeaux, those are predominantly Merlot varietals. And then we've got Pinot Grigio from northern Italy, Barolo from northern Italy, Chianti from Tuscany. So we try to cover uh, a good, broad perspective of the world. Uh, Pinotage is a varietal from South Africa. We have a Pinotage. It's like a Pinot Meritage. <laughs> is that what that is? It's actually uh, a grafted uh, varietal grafted about 150 years ago. It's a Pinot Noir, and I can't remember what the other varietal is, to be honest with you. Okay, that's okay. Pinotage is its own varietal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now I'm curious about, you you mentioned these are all organic grapes, so, and I know that, you know, there's there's standards in the U.S. for organic farming, and then there's different standards elsewhere in the world, so which, which standards are being met? Well, in order to import anything into the U.S. and call it organic, 
it has to abide by the USDA National Organic Program, which was established <clears throat> in 2002. First, there was the California Production Foods Act of 1990, and then it took the gov- federal government to kind of take that as the primary action and enact it as a federal law. So anytime you see an organic product, it has to be National Organic Program certified. So what that means is that, uh, let's say, a wine producer from Argentina has their certifier, and that certifier needs to be accredited by the USDA National Organic Program. Okay. And so then their farming practices need to abide by the National Organic Program. I see. So they're all meeting, ultimately meeting our standards. They are meeting our standards. Okay. If you want to import organic in Japan, they need to meet the JAS. If you want to import uh, products into Europe, they need to meet the EU uh, organic standards. Got it. And so how many different total uh, products are you representing or, or selling through organic vintners? 65, approximately. Oh, okay. 65 wines. I would say of those, there's probably 25 to 30 wineries or different you know, families and wineries that we work with, mm-hmm. covering 11 countries, including uh, Mendocino. The country of Mendocino. <laughs> Mendocino County. GMO free county. <laughs> right. I love it. It is kind of its own country <laughs> uh, up in Mendocino, as is Sonoma County, actually. Um, so I'm curious, like, so are these guys recently on the bandwagon, particularly the foreign interests with organic wine, or is this something they were doing it anyway, and now it just happens to dovetail with current consumer demand? I think demand? that the foreigners are a little bit ahead of us, especially the Europeans. Really? That's, well, that's good. When it comes to green... In general, I think the Europeans are pretty far ahead of uh, Americans, whether it's using the use of diesel or biodiesel or whether it's you know, being responsible as a manufacturer for your end product, disposal of your end product, the packaging of it, and also with organics. So <clears throat> Europeans have been making organic wines for quite a while, and they've always been adding sulfur dioxide. What happened in America is that people were making organic wines, but there was this law that you couldn't have added sulfites. So in order to call it organic wine, people were not adding sulfur dioxide. And I think what happened over a 10 or 15-year period is that Americans started believing that or were tasting organic wines and not really having a very good experience. Uh, and I have to say, I was one of those people about 10 I'm or 12, sure years, yeah, 10 so 12 years ago. Yep, and, I, and it, was, it, was, it was awful. I was like, gosh, that sucks, because I really wanted to do it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, I'd go for the organic wine right. choice. And you know, at that time, it just wasn't, uh, wasn't happening. So. Sure. If you open a bottle on Wednesday and you want to drink it on Friday, it's not going to be as tasty. Yeah. Well, that's an, that's an issue of oxidization, which is going to be happening to all wines. Um, we, we just got a product. I don't mean to get off on a tangent here, but we did just get something which I think is available in most wine stores these days, which you, know, you, put, you put on, it's like a rubber cork, and it's, you basically suck the air out. It's like a yeah. reverse pump. Right. Yeah. And, and that actually has worked for us, even on delicate pinots, preserving those uh, for, for several days where they yeah. might not have lasted you know, several hours. It's a good little tool to have. It is. It is. Have you been recommending a tools like that in conjunction? Although I guess with the sulfites, that's not an issue for you. That right. Well, I've, I haven't really gotten into detail with customers about how to preserve the wine once they open it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it's a you, tool that I have at home, and many of my friends also have. Yeah. Well, they, they work great. I'm, I don't know who I'm plugging there because I can't even think of the name of the company, but you know, check it out if you're listening in. Uh, right. You'll find them in your wine store, and they are, they are very handy for extending the life, and, and you don't feel as much pressure to down a bottle of wine at one sitting exactly. <laughs> with, your, with your wife or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, well, I'm just curious, too, about education. Is there anything that Organic Vintners is doing to educate consumers in general about organic wine? 
Well, we spent the last five months creating quite a bit of educational material, not so much for consumers, but really for the trade, because most of our business is to retailers in California and distributors in every other state. Uh, Okay, I see. And we want them to engage in educating the consumers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we developed a couple pieces of literature. One of them is what are sulfites and what do they do? That's a two-pager. Then we have one called Organic Labeling 101, which talks about the different categories of organic wine in America. Uh, We've developed a couple um, other materials on uh, statistics of pesticides and imported grapes and why you'd want to buy organic. And I think in general people should be buying organic because it's not only good for yourself, you could buy organic on a selfish level, or you could also buy organic on a global level. Mm-hmm. It's good for the farmer, it's good for the people in the field, it's good for the ecosystem around that area. Absolutely. So I'm also kind of pushing that idea as don't buy organic just because it's good for you. You know, have a, have a bigger cause. That's right. And there are, you know, what we're finding more and more as we do this program and, and just, you know, as information sort of comes pouring in from various parts of the industry is that what's good for the environment, for your body, and things like this, it's not mutually exclusive with being good for for economic reasons as well. They're, they're quite often married, and so it can really become a true win-win scenario. I agree with you. So I, I'm just kind of curious. So you mentioned that your your so your target audience is really the the larger the the wine sellers. I assume whether they be large uh, grocery store chains as well as down to the boutique shops, or are you focusing on just one or the? Well, other? I think initially our focus was really to follow the trend of wild oats and whole foods and try to get our wines into their places, their stores nationally. Then we found out that some supermarkets or supermarkets in certain states like Colorado, New York, can't sell wine. So then, you know, we were out on that deal. Then we realized that there's actually a bunch of smaller co-ops like uh, Rainbow Foods in San Francisco, mm-hmm. other, other avenues in San Francisco, for example, to name a few that carry tons of organic products and are interested in, in, these, in these products. And we've also targeted a lot of uh, restaurants, what we call on-premise accounts, that are focused on uh, either sustainable products or they might have a vegan menu, they might have an uh, uh, organic menu. I brought up vegan, actually, because m- wines are not vegan. Most wines are produced with, manufactured with animal products. Is that right? Ice and glass for filtration, casein, sometimes egg whites to add a little more color to the redness of the red. Oh, I did not know that. So uh, about 45 to 50 of the wines that I carry are vegan because they're clarified with bentonite clay. That's interesting because that is a big issue. I mean, in Northern California, I don't know about the rest of the world, but you know, it's very there's a there are many vegans in this part of the country. Oh yeah, and so I can see that being. So, are you finding that 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 is really a niche relegated to this area, or is that a nationwide? I am. I'm, I am finding that that uh, people are you know starting to learn that wines aren't typically typically vegan, and mm-hmm. if you are really a vegan, then you don't want to buy wine that's not. Yeah, like any other product. Yeah, unless and, you're one of the, like my, like my friend who just w- went quote unquote vegan. He and his wife they had us over for the first meal since they went quote unquote vegan. We had hamburgers. They said, "Oh, well, actually, we're flexitarians." Oh, great! <laughs> but for the for the hardcore, those who are actually trying to toe the line, uh, r- real funny. vegans. Yes, that's funny. Um, so. Uh, let's see. I, I also wanted to ask you a, a little bit about the company itself. I, I don't know how large the company is or what kind of impact you guys have 
in terms of carbon impact and manufacturing. I, I know that you're actually not producing anything, but in terms of right. your internal operations, have you done anything to sort of go green as a company that you want to share with us? Sure. Well, uh, <clears throat> internally, our small office here in Boulder, Colorado, uh, you know, we do wind credits for electricity. For so buying, buying offsets on the, on the market? Buying yeah. The, yeah. And we, we buy a little bit more than we use, so we're kind of contributing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to send samples of wines out in these shippers that had a lot of styrofoam, and not only were they expensive and you know, extremely polluting, they also kept up a lot of space in my office. I eventually found <laughs> uh, a manufacturer of uh, recycled carbo products that makes these wonderful wine shippers, and we've never had any break, any wine breakage, which is great. I personally have a golf diesel, which I fill with uh, biodiesel, domestically produced oil. Mm-hmm. And uh, is that hard for you to find uh, in your area? Is it hard for you to find uh, pumps to, to produce that? Well, in Boulder, well, there's one pump in Boulder that has it, and because I don't really commute anywhere, I can get gas anytime. Right, you just got to make sure you budget so you can get to that station. <laughs> I <don't> <laughs> well, I can always use diesel if I'm in a... That's, in a that's true, to, to get you through. I not to buy right. diesel from Iraq. If you, don't, if you don't mind me asking, how much was the conversion on your vehicle to go from diesel to biodiesel? It's zero. For any, any diesel vehicle, it can run on biodiesel. Okay, so you didn't have to do anything special with that no. one? Okay. Nobody thought, does. Okay. That's good to know. A great little feature. Yeah, that is very cool. I haven't obviously not owned one of those yet, but I thought somebody somebody misinformed me about that there were certain some cars that were a little bit older. You had to Sometimes they, they wouldn't work well, but I'm glad to hear that's not the case. Right. Good. We'll learn something new every day. Yeah. Great. Well, I, I appreciate so. you sharing all, all of that. And I, I guess another question, a totally different topic, or how are you guys using the Internet to stay in touch with, with your, your audience and you know, your distribution channel? Well, I think as far as the Internet goes, the way that I mostly communicate is by email. You know, I send out blast emails with uh, promotions coming up or any specials or if a new wine comes in or, you know, price changes. Uh, we do a lot by mail. We have a catalog, which we send out by email. I mean, by uh, <clears throat> snail mail, and I personally like to uh, write letters and sign them, and you know, present myself through the mail. I think it's a nice um, touch rather yeah, than email. Yes, yeah, personal and lost touch, especially coming from executives, unless you're getting right. a you know a standard. We always sign it in blue letter. ink. Yep. So it looks real. Yeah. And it is real. And the other thing is, um, you know, our website is is geared towards consumers. Consumers can go onto our website and order wines, you have to live in one of 21 states in which I'm allowed to do that. Uh-huh. It's, only 21, said, it's, only it's only about 21%, it's only about 1% of my business. Huh. So my, I don't really pay too much heed to my website or the information on it because I feel like most of the, you know, marketing and sales comes from, from the office to distributors. Sure. That makes sense. But just for those people that do would like to use the website, we're an online business, so we always like to promote that part of it. Um, your your website is uh, the www.organicvintners. I'm going to spell that for anybody who might. Good idea. Uh, <laughs> organic, uh, obviously, uh, O-R-G-A-N-I-C, vintners, V-I-N-T-N-E-R-S.com. Correct. And I, I see that there's a mailing list on there. People can, I presume, uh, stay in touch and hear about the latest wines you're carrying and Yep. Gather good things. And if you live in one of those states where we can't ship, such as Utah, when you go to click Utah, it doesn't appear. So, unfortunately, you can only be from 21 states to get wines direct from us. Or I would encourage consumers to uh, go to, you know, contact us page and find out where their local retailer might 
you know, which local retailer might carry some of our organic wines. Mm-hmm. And, and they've, they've recently passed legislation, I understand, to sort of relax that. Has that. Is that true? Did that end up having some effect on you in a positive? I think it mostly had effect on wineries, and I'm not a winery. I see. That was more for direct winery sales. Right. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Well, Paolo Benetti has been my guest today. Paolo, I want to thank you again for being on the program with us. It was a pleasure having you. Pleasure speaking to you, Sean. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.